Well, sometimes you make a bad decision and you get away with it. You know what you very rarely get away with? Making like 25 bad decisions out of 29 over the course of a couple of years. Uh, Leeds United have been relegated to the Championship and completely deservedly so. Um, we knew going in, which I think did help marginally, but only by like 5%. I was still absolutely furious. Um, KC was so wound up about it that it made him sick. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm Jack, joined by KC. How are you doing, mate? Better than I was yesterday. Um, yeah, on the way to the game, I, I admittedly for about half an hour before that, I started to feel terrible. And as I got to Rothwell, I could go no further. It turned out. <laughs> so, um, Just yeah. as sick as a dog in the car. Yeah, unfortunately, I got out of the car. Just um, in time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure if you drove past, you'd have been tutting and wondering if I was any in any fit state to drive. But uh, yeah, it, I, I don't know what brought it on. But um... I do. <laughs> you knew what was fucking coming. Because I'll tell you what, <laughs> throwing your guts up will have been more enjoyable than watching that. Uh, the whole and I don't mean... I don't mean feeling sick. I mean the actual bit where you were throwing your guts up will have been more fun than being at that game. The the, the, hot, the, the worst part is like I was driving home, just kind of like, honest to God, it like because of this, Leeds are going to stay up. There's that daft bit of your mind because <laughs> of this, I'm going to miss this miracle happen. And it was nice that within 90 seconds of the game, that was uh, very quickly stripped away from me. Like, oh, no, no, that's not the case at all. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea how this podcast is going to go because I have no plan for it. It'll probably just be as venting. But I want to start with someone who isn't completely blame for this because he's only here at the end. But I'm still fucking annoyed at him. So I'm going to go on about it. Sam Allardyce. You have a must-win game. No matter what, forget that the other results went the other way and stuff. You had to, you had to win that game, hundred percent. So you pick six fucking defenders. Okay, I disagree, but I suppose your plan is we are gonna keep it tight and stay in the game and try and win it late. Ninety seconds, one nil, Harry Kane. Doesn't change anything, makes no subs, does not make more attacking subs, doesn't bring anyone on. We everyone in the ground is going, we have to go for this here. Everyone's saying make, make a sub after 20 minutes, it's fine. You've got five now. Um, you we're not gonna change out, we're not gonna change out. Gets to half time. I believe at which point you message me somewhere along the lines of if he doesn't make two changes here, they should sack him and replace him with Sam Al uh, with Stuart Dallas at half time. Yeah, like you have Nonto and Somerville on the bench. You allegedly we didn't have a striker, but apparently one magicked himself out of thin air to make an appearance with half an hour left. But um yeah, one nil down, and we had had we hit the target? I uh, it was Adam Forshaw's blocked volley. Yeah, I mean Cock had two chances, but he had well Cock had a big chance, but he ended it wide, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't have many. But anyway, he doesn't make the subs that everyone knows he's going to do. And from talking to everyone around me, the one sub everyone was saying was, well, you need to take Strauch off. It obviously, made the mistake on the first goal. But more than that, he's just not looking great defensively and he's been booked. 
Don't make the changes. 90 seconds again. Fuck up by Strauch. 2-0. Now he makes the changes. Leeds get a goal back. Oh, well, we've got a goal back. Maybe there's a miracle. 90 fucking seconds. 3-1. Oh, All of this fucking shower of shite. <laughs> I want to say that you've uh, I think you've given too much credit for how quickly the substitutions came after that goal because no, I just think that we scored after them <laughs> no in terms of in terms of obviously they scored 90 seconds into the second half and it took him another 10 minutes 12 minutes to think alright I'm going to make a sub now you'll have seen this on telly but rough Rough idea in my head. They seem to be stood on the touchline being talked to for five minutes. Yeah, and then eventually someone told Willie Nomter to sit down. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, no- I, I, one, we, we all knew it was over. We all knew it was over 90 seconds into the game. But I just looked and just thought, how have you evaluated this situation? And you've thought, Brendan Aronson. I'd... I know. I obviously he sees them in training every day, but Willie Nonto is an Italian international who is a lot stronger than Brendan Aronson. Yeah, like I, I couldn't justify that one in my head. It was, I, I mean, one thing I did quite enjoy about the game, and I kind of the, the big thing I, I wish I'd been there for is the uh, the Leeds United greatest hits collection that we seem to be going through through the first half. Yeah, the only the only interesting bit was the pitch invader and the South Stand. Now, oh, a couple yeah. a couple of the things for South Stand sung were things that, in principle, I would say you probably shouldn't. But you know, given the situation, I just thought it was funny, and they were making their own fun. And sometimes, in a situation like this, you have to because you could see the Spurs fans didn't know how to react every time they tried to take the piss. <laughs> Every time they tried to take the piss out of Leeds, they couldn't because Leeds were too busy taking the piss out of Leeds. When so obviously I, I only heard this through the TV. Once they, they caught the pitch invader, who by the sounds of things made a, made a fairly good showing of himself. He beat, he beat three or four. He beat three or four before they took him down, and then for some reason they sent out like twenty five people to get him, which seemed like overkill. Did. Did they start singing He Showed More Fight Than You? Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> oh, <I heard. laughs> Which I'll tell you what oh, wasn't fast. wrong. No. And it wasn't and that wasn't just the South Stand either. That was the whole fucking stadium. And <laughs> that must have that really must have hurt them as players. And I hope it did because it deserves to. There are look, just because that a lot of them have credit in the bank and they're still some of them are still players that I will always look back at fondly. The lack of fight we have seen in the last like eight, nine games. Mm. As much as the coaching's been bad, as much as everything's been bad above them, just the way that they fucking give up. It is, it is shameful. Like it really is. I'm not saying that they weren't trying because I'm sure they were. But they did a good impression of players who weren't a lot of the time. Yeah, I kind of... I think ultimately I came away from the game looking at... I thought Jack Harrison tried to make as much happen as he could. But we also had no one up front 
it's also worth saying that our team, our starting lineup, five like five of our ten outfield players were playing out of position. Yeah, I mean, like madness. You know, you're looking at that. Ailing's playing wing back in a five, which is fine, but he's better than a four. Christensen's playing centre back. Strauss playing left wing back. He's not really a left back. He really isn't a left wing back. And for long periods of the first half, because the ridiculous thing is, we were, you could we, we were probably the better side in the first half. It's we, just we, that it didn't. It's just that it didn't matter because we'd gifted him gifted him a goal after ninety seconds. Yeah, we we uh, had nineteen shots all game. Yeah, and, and, but, I and I barely remember any in the second half. Yeah, but Strauch was basically playing left wing for long periods. Um, I mean, how really was the midfield set? It looked like it was really Cock, Forshaw and Harrison as a three, and then McKenney off Rodrigo. Yeah, it was like a 5-3-1-1 one, one type deal. Um And honestly, the only reason I can think of of, of Weston McKenney being in that team is because of his throwing. Yeah, and, and it was put him up front because he can't defend, or he won't defend. But McKenney has become a lightning rod, so it has become a situation where if he plays a five out of ten, everyone acts like he played a two. But I would argue that he hasn't had many that were above five. He's had like two games. Yeah. He has, I mean, like the first thing he did in this game was Leeds played a nice little bit of football, played it into him. He had loads of time and space and he left a 20 yard pass, 10 yard shot, and they broke. Like it's just. And they scored. Yeah. I mean, it just. I mean, he got he got booed off the pitch when he got subbed. And there were some chants that I will I will go as far as saying that were that are unfair, chanting you fat bastard. At him. <laughs> I'm not saying it's so unfair that I'm mad about it, but like it, it that probably is unfair. But he has been shit, uh, as of a lot of them. But we should probably actually talk about the goals properly. So the first one, I think it's Emerson Royale clips the ball down the right. Pascal Strauch is ninety ten favourite to get to the ball and runs the wrong way. No, no, I, I think that's harsh on him. I think he curves his run to stay onside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I look at it and I just go, if you run in a straight line, you've got to that. You've got to that ball easy. He, he, are, he sort of makes an overlapping run around. Is it Poro? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah, uh, Poro, square to Son, Son, square to Kane. Um, Leeds have got three centre backs, and yet somehow, um, that if Polo's making that run and he's against Strauch, we should still have three v two in the middle in that situation. But well, three, but we have three against Son and none against Kane. Well, no, well, I don't think it was even three against Son. I think, well, I think Strauch becomes one of them. Verba seems to push ten yards out. Yeah. Um, when that ball goes in, and it's just. Simple layoffs to the side until Harry Kane has absolutely no one around him. Yeah, you see, in the stand, we thought when I when we saw the thing and saw them lining up in a three, I went, "All oh, right, they must be going." Kane drops off on the front. One of them is going to do a man marking job on Kane and just going to follow them all around the pitch. Nah, there wasn't any thought. 
to anything like that. It was just we want we want men back because defend. Uh, that's as far as the tactics went. But yeah, and when you give Harry Kane a chance, he takes it because he is a world class striker. But yeah, com- uh, as much as I would love to say, like the goal itself, as much as I hate that he picked six defenders and went like that, and I think the way he played it was totally wrong. Like that bit isn't on Allardyce. That's a player fucking up. Strauch fucked up. And that's that. And then for the rest of the half, we probably were marginally the better side because lest, lest we forget, Spurs are shit. They've been bad enough to sack two managers this season. That's their first away win since January. That's their first win outside London since October. Like, they're not good. And, but it's something that gets said after every game. And it's true. Teams must come away from Mellon Road thinking, how was that that easy? They yeah. don't even have to work through it. We just gift them shit. Like we we seem to be as the get as as the half wore on, we seem to do a good job getting balls into the box. But it was Rodrigo. That was it. That was the target. And well, half the and, time, and when I'm you saying look that, at the good half crosses, the time, half the, the good time, crosses were Rodrigo. Well, yeah, half the time it was him doing the crossing. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly I couldn't tell you why. Twenty minutes into that first half, we just didn't go. Right, well, we have to go for this now. We clearly need to give get some actual support up there. Let's put Nonto up front or Somerville or Ruter or apparently Robin Cock. Um, yeah, I mean, he was our main attacking threat was Robin Cock because he he appeared to be the only one who knew how to make a run in the box. And he, and he he had that he had that diving header that he absolutely should have hit the target yeah. with. Yeah, that was a brilliant cross from Rodrigo, and he absolutely should have scored. That was a that was a great chance. It was uh, it was also much of the set of the first half was spent with Jermaine Jennings talking about uh, the pitch not being watered enough, and that's yeah, why I they... didn't hear anything about this until after the game because you you on the in the stand looking down you couldn't see any difference. No, and there wasn't. The thing is, I'm going to say that Jermaine Jennings hasn't actually watched us recently. Because he was saying, well, when you when you don't water the grass, the grass is thicker, so the ball moves more. And I think that's why Leeds aren't connecting passes. And I imagine every single Leeds fan was shouting, no, we're just shit at passing. No, it's because we can't pass the fucking ball. Um, I, I just look at the way that this has gone this season and to an extent back end of last season, but especially but this season, really. And it is, I've never seen a team be uncoached before. It's like the, all yeah. the things that they did know how to do have gone. Like Pascal, I, Pascal Strauch is a great example of it. Because Pascal Strauch is a really good young defender with shitloads of potential. And he's just been made worse and worse and worse. by the. And I, I can only put it down to the coaching. I know that Luke Ayling has got older and that might explain the, him going down a bit, but he could pass the ball and now he can't. Mm, because they spent a whole summer of you you having the ball isn't that important. Yeah. Here's you how you to... press. Here's how you chase. What do we do when we win it back? Fuck it. Kick it at the penalty spot, I guess. 
Yeah, get it in the mixer. Somewhere. Just forward. Mm. Um, no, it's it, it's it's a little bit upsetting to watch some of it at times that you, you're just looking at Pascal Strauch who's just fallen off a cliff these last two years into, like, it, it, again, another one whose confidence is absolutely gone. Yeah, if I'm his agent, I am saying, right, you're at a low ebb. See who they're bringing as coach. If they're bringing a good coach, stay a year in the championship will probably sort you back out. Mm. If they bring in another shit coach, put in a transfer request and leave and move somewhere with a good coach. Yeah. Um, um, but but again, like so, someone, someone put on, on Twitter, like, it's shocking at this point. Our best central defender is Liam Cooper. And I went, and the, my response to that was, our best, admittedly, fit midfielder is Adam Farshaw. Yeah. Like, the spine of our best players are the ones that brought us up. Well, I mean, I don't think you could watch that game yesterday. And I I think that I'm looking at it at the minute and thinking, our best defender at the minute probably is Verber. But I'm looking at it and think after yesterday and thinking, ah, is our best defender Jeremiah Mullen? Like, because <laughs> none of them. I mean, Cooper did actually make some good tackles, but it just the just the entire team defensively is so poor. And it's like I can understand people saying, "Yeah, but if the defenders defend," like uh, Ali has said in the comments, and he isn't wrong. I want to make clear he isn't wrong. Allardyce's plan could have worked if his defenders could defend and our other players could kick the ball like a professional player should. That's right. However, Allardyce has watched the last few games and he knows they can't defend. So what's the point in setting up to defend? No, like even yeah. even if you just... just The fact that we have the worst defensive record in the league yeah. tells you that us setting up to defend is a bad idea. It's just, we've just been shit, haven't we? Uh, obviously, the, the rest of the first half leads actually play okay. But apart from that Robin Cock chance, I don't think we actually create a clear cut chance, do we? Strauch has one blocked from a set piece. There's some good balls in that we don't quite connect with. For, for sure, has that, um, that, that nice, that half volley that is, is blocked by. Because that was the funny I thing. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that back. That looked like he hit it really well. Was that on target? It, it would have been on. It would have been on target. I think obviously. it would have. I, I think Foster's probably parrying it wide. Yeah. Like I don't think it's troubling him so much. But no, it's, especially for Adam Foster, it was it was it was really nicely struck. It's also worth saying that Spurs gave away some some totally needless corners, just yeah. panicking to get rid of the, it. There was one at the end of the first half. I, I think it was Davinson Sanchez. And he goes to clear the ball from the edge of the box and hooks it back over his own head from a, for a corner under no pressure. It's Because, again, they're not very good. And they'll have been scared of winning that game because if they won that game and Villa didn't, they'd have been in the Conference League and they didn't want that. Like, they really weren't bothered. But, yeah, and then we come on to the second goal, start second half. Leeds don't make changes, which makes no sense, but that isn't why the goal happens. Harry Kane does a very nice bit of play, flicks it over. I think it's for sure's head. He has two midfielders around him. Neither of whom is on a yellow. Neither of whom just grab hold of him and foul him. For mm. no reason. He drives away. Fortunately for Leeds, he plays an absolutely dreadful pass straight to Pascal Stroud. Who then misses it. Who plays a lovely cushioned pass. Yeah, lovely flick on for Porro. Who admittedly, it's a very good finish from a tight angle. 
But like again, just it's every single stereotype about about a shit team leads of all of them. Oh, oh, they miss chances. Oh, they buckle under pressure. Oh, they make defensive mistakes. Oh, and, and they make mistakes at key times. They're just all the stereotypes. <sighs> um, but yeah, that's 2-0. And at that point, there'd already been a lot of gallows humour, but it, it was getting really into just laughable stakes at this point. Um, I mean, I think that the, the first chant for Marcelo Bielsa was straight after the first goal. Uh, very just, loud. And he just carried on from there. Um, we just... I, 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 I wish I had something constructive to say, but I don't, because I can't even sit here and go, well, because I can make an argument that next season in the Championship will be fun. There's a lot of good young players in the squad. If you keep a few players around them, you should be able to make a good side out of it. Leeds should have... The, once we lose a few players, which we're going to, they should have the financial power to bully teams in that league almost and sign, you know, the best player off a few teams and make a good side. But when you don't know who's going to own the club and you don't know the director of football and you don't know the coaches. And we all thought that Radrizani was buying Sampdoria today, but his bids apparently been rejected. As of a few hours ago. So fuck knows what's going to happen. Um, the hour mark is when we finally get some changes where he thinks, oh yeah, I suppose Leeds do need to win this game, don't they? Uh, so you get you get fur, fur <laughs> for, this, is, this is laughable though. Yeah, you get Furpo for Strauk, which um, I think probably was the right change, to be honest. It's just that it should have happened much earlier. Again, if you're playing a system with no wingers, I'd like, Junior Verpo probably should have started that game for me. Well, I uh, one of the things that we uh, I was travelling to the game with my dad, and he said, oh, great, we're getting Furpo back in. And I went, yeah, I know he hasn't been great, but right now, think back to the last 10, 12 games. Who would you, who would you rather have it left back in or so? And he went, yeah, good point, Furpo. Like, <laughs> he's also um, just he's also just much better going forward than, than yeah. Strauch, and that's not a knock on Strauch, that's just... No. Strauch actually had a couple of... Uh, actually did... Going forward, he actually did better than I would have expected him to. It's just not his game. Um, the other changes were... Aronson came on for Verber. Um, so we did, at that point, actually go to a four. And then Weston McKenney off for... This lad, I've never seen him before. Because okay. he must have come out of nowhere, because we definitely didn't have any forwards. But this... Uh, Ah, uh, just R rotter or something. I don't know. I just started laughing because who immediately, again, I... by the way, did more in two minutes than three quarters of the team. It was it's, it's, again like Allardyce was in for four games. He and again he's very far down the list of people who were who were at fault for us getting relegated. But the same guy who looked at his subs bench when we had an, an injured striker and went, I don't have any strikers here, and thought I'd best leave Rodrigo on, then looked and went, well, get out there and save us. Yeah. And also thought this guy that he rated so little a week ago that he would rather have an injured player than him. Brings him on before Nonto? I, I couldn't tell. I, I, couldn't... I, 
I just think that as much as he's so far down, the, and it's just so much stuff he said in, in his interviews and stuff. I all I didn't like him before we got him, and I like him a whole lot less now. No, <laughs> it's it very. It smacks of, of Leeds is Neil Warnockin as much as like I can see why we've gone after this guy in this particular situation, but it's gone wrong, and he's given me no reason to believe he's actually any good at this. Yeah, like like I know his record says otherwise, but I, I'm telling you now. I'm looking at this going. I don't know how he's got it this wrong. Yeah, like and and again, he's on 125 grand a week for this run. I kind of want him to explain himself a bit. Yeah, at least try. He's the highest um, paid person at the club. He's probably getting more than Rodrigo. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't occur to me that that's true. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, the subs happen. Um, that's on the hour mark. Leeds do get a goal after seven minutes uh, from that. Um, ball played forward into Ruta, brings it, takes a touch, squares it to Harrison. Harrison. Squares up his defender. Good finish with his right foot. Uh, Jack Harrison, as usual, was very hit and miss. Uh, but the effort was always there. Uh, and you would assume that's the last time we see him in a lead shirt because he's one of the ones... Like, there's a lot of them will have relegation clauses and we're not sure, but he's the one that we know 100% from all mm. the media reports. Uh, I think I, I, read, I read a thing that it was like West Ham and Villa were the favourites. No longer Newcastle, because Newcastle are going to sign Harvey Barnes, as well as James Madison, I'm guessing. And they signed Anthony Gordon as well. really makes you wonder why they signed Anthony Gordon. Yeah. Um, no. I I, think because they could. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Obviously, I'll be good when when Jack Harrison goes, because he is my boy. And his face, when he went down injured. Yeah. And you just knew, like, he's got nothing. He's got nothing left here. Like, if nothing yeah. else, like, I obviously, I didn't. I didn't really see that because in the ground you couldn't. Um, yeah, but um, like we have a message off Connie here, but it's very long, so I'll talk about relevant bits of this because he just said I shed a tear when I saw Ailing and Harrison crying. He said Cooper Ailing and Harrison with a three that looked visibly upset. Um, it was. How it- was that? I would have hoped more than that, to be honest. Adam, Adam Forshaw was uh, was would would be on that list as well. But um, I, I did notice afterwards, Weston McKenney seemed to stay very close to Luke Gailey. Yeah, to try and use him as a shield. <laughs> That's the thing. It's interestingly after the game, there was a, a guy on Radio Leeds who phoned up saying, "Well, you know, I don't think these chants help helped anyone in any way." And you just say, okay, right, but at that point, it's not about trying to lift the players. It's it's the fact that it's we've tra- gone through... It's a 38-game season, and we are now voicing our collective displeasure at, yeah. one, a number of the players, and, and also the ownership. And a lot of it wasn't to lift the players. It was to lift a set... It was the fans trying to have some sort of fun. We have had so little fun in the last two years at Ellen Road. I mean, the Ellen Road was... was you know, another goal away from chanting CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like that's bless um, him. Like I, I loved it. I, you know, some, some of them I missed, like apparently there were, there was a chant for Samu Saiz who. Yeah. All right. Then. 
obviously I'm gutted I wasn't there for for the uh, minus fifteen song. That is, is I think still... the, I think the one that I was expect that that caught me off guard that I really that I wasn't expecting was a uh, singing for Ronaldo Vieira. Because I haven't heard that one in a long time, and it got me, it gave me a chance to say the thing that I always said: Why is this his song? He gave the ball away loads. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, Ali has also commented saying uh, he didn't get to see all of it, but the bits he missed, he was listening to, and he said Rutter well, sounded promising. Uh, as you saw, any chance of like ratings? I thought Rutter did pretty well when he came on. Probably like a s- seven. He was like he was a bit Bambi on ice at times. That's one of the things with him. He looks, he looks ungainly. So when he gives mm. it away, it it looks. Whenever he gives it away, it looks like he's really bad, because he's so ungainly and a bit all over the place. But when he gets it right, he looks really gifted. Uh, I mean, I mean, he won two tackles immediately. He won head as well. He chased hard. Like he did, I mean, he did more than most of them did. Yeah, and, and at that point, that's all he could. You know, the game was gone when he came on. Like yeah. it, it was a whether whether we're talking. You know, I think by the time he'd come on, Leicester were already winning. Everton scored not long after that, so the game was up then. Like yeah. it, it was long gone. But um, again, not to hark back to the Neil Warnock days, but uh, you can't fault his effort. Uh, he is a great lad. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're saying, oh, he came on, you know, in a pretty much a situation where the game was dead. I mean, that's most of the time he's come on. Yeah. And he got himself an assist. Yeah. Like, I, it's really good for I, someone who. For I am really. Shouldn't. Depending on how much his wages are, and I am assuming he has the same relegation wage drops that everyone else does. If his wages are reasonable, I would like us to keep him around. Because hmm. I can't see who's going to buy him off the basis of this. It's just whether his wages are so high that we're looking to loan him out or something. Um, but yeah, Harrison's goal was a bright spot. It was a nice finish. But yet again, literally 90 seconds later, concede another one. Um this one was the one where the ball was in the air. Liam Cooper has two men to his right to head the ball to it and he heads it left. Uh, which just gives it straight to them and then they have a three on two. Like one, once the bad header happens, they're always behind the eight ball and they have no chance really. Harry Kane finishes well because he's Harry Kane. Harry Kane, who by the way, getting 30 Premier League goals in that Tottenham side is unbelievable. This might be his, this might be his best ever season. Because getting yeah. 30 goals in that team, it's like Ross McCormack getting them in the team that should have got relegated from the Championship. You were just like, wow, you've been amazing this season. And um, there Sorry, are just... then, you know, just... loads of shit things. But the one thing that I was in before we, like, just go back to ranting, probably. Mm. The fourth goal from Lucas Mora. He picks that ball up on the touchline, on the halfway line. Liam Cooper misses his tackle. Cock, Ailing, Christensen don't even deign themselves to fucking try and make a tackle. And they let him run straight through the middle, the middle of the goal, and give him the easiest finish he can have. I know the game was dead by then. I know it don't fucking matter. But just fucking try, will you? Just kick him. Kick him. 
Robin Cock is chasing back and he gets close enough to him. Just fucking kick him. You don't have to hurt him. Just clip his ankle out. Professional foul. Yellow card. He's, he's literally got a teammate in front of him. So he knows he's not going to get sent off. He's, all, yeah. he's almost staring at whoever it is there. Um, but Liam, Liam Cooper, uh, like, he he got booked for one in the first half where he just grabbed someone and lagged them to the floor. Unfortunately, it didn't even stop the attack. <laughs> like, Strauch's one that he got booked for, at least that did stop the counter-attack that they were on. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and, and it's been spoken about a lot this season that, that this Leeds team don't even do that sort of thing. Like, the, the, the niggly little bits of just breaking up play and... and like we we waste time, but we don't stop play. Like we don't stop playing clever moments or anything like that. There's just, no. you know, that some of the defeats we come away from where we've only got one yellow card and, and things like. And you just like, and and there you're looking going. I'm again, whether they win this game three or four one is is, is immaterial at this point. Yeah. But but like the the one the thing I'll say for um, Liam Cooper's challenge is I think if he connects it, he might have broken his femur. Like it was like <laughs> thigh hurt. It, like yeah. he wasn't studs up, but he seemed to be trying. Like he was trying to take out his leg. He knew it. I think he, he goes. It was a very frustrating. Realizes a... he's not gonna and just carries on. Yeah, it's a very frustrating. But I'd rather, tackle. I'd rather that than what we saw from the other three. Because and then once once he makes that touch, takes that touch inside, and he sees all that space. Lucas Moore is just there going. I'll just keep going then. Yeah, like they and... just. They, it was almost like they were. Guiding him towards goal, it was, and that moment was. Uh, there had been lots of funny chants, you know. Leeds singing, you know. Spurs fans sing, "You're going down." Leeds fans respond with, "We're going down." Spurs fans sing, "You're fucking shit." Leeds fans respond with, "We're fucking shit." You know, a lot of just that, and um, I think probably the best one. I don't know if it came from on TV, but the case of Asura that went round. Well, I can't say uh, I can't say I heard uh, that one. It was a case of Asura, Whatever will be, will be. We're going to Coventry. Case of Asura. <laughs> 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 I think there might have also been a version with Hull City at one point as well. Um, fourth goal was when it turned genuinely fucking poisonous. That. That was a loud rendition. There had already been a you're not fit to wear the shirt at two. But it was not with as much vitriol and it was maybe a third to half the ground. The one at four was was every man, woman, child and everything in between. Vitriol. And like you saw players pulling the shirt over the face and stuff. And I think a lot of it was because a lot of them sort of knew that the fans were right. Mm. You can't put in a performance. I, I've said it on previous podcasts to this, and I mean it. If you're going to go down, go down swinging. And these last nine games, we have done the complete opposite. We have rolled over and had his belly tickled. Well, you, you, whatever, whatever version you want to say, that's what we did. And yeah, you, you it, just, it's, been... it's just not good. You just, you can't do shit like that and it, and expect anyone to give you any credit. I mean, I 
was sat right next to, I am assuming, Brendan Aronson's family. Because there were five of them with Aronson on the back of a shirt, and they were definitely American. And the main couple were roughly 25 to 30 years older than Brendan Aronson. And I don't, and as I was walking down the stairs and I was next to the bloke, I went, to, I'm assuming you're Brendan Aronson's family. And the bloke looked at me and went, eh, 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 and that was it. Mm. I didn't say, oh, he's fucking shit, you're. No, I said, oh, I'm assuming you're Brendan Aronson's family. And they didn't even have the guts to own up to it. I wasn't even going to say anything mean. I just was going to go, oh, cool. And that. <laughs> I mean, Although, it, it, they they did then own up to it when he came on and all of them gave him a standing ovation onto the pitch when no one else did. So they weren't hiding it. It's um, like, it's but, like with him. But it I was just... weird. I was just like, wow, they must really have heard how angry everyone is to not even be willing to admit that they're a player's family. Read the room. Yeah, they read the room. <laughs> uh, like I, I sort of... I sort of felt sorry for him in the sense that why is he coming on? Why is he the choice? Did I mean he didn't do all right, but he about he won he won the ball back a couple of times. Like he didn't I, do all wrong either. He was just there. I've I've never faulted his effort. I've never thought he's not trying. I've just thought he was soft. Like yeah. he is too. He is physically too weak for this league. Yeah. Like there's there's no way around it, and that. And I think that might be one of the most cutting things you can say about a player. But I've watched him. And one, I don't think there's been any awareness of how you look when you stay down for one of these non-injuries you've got. Yeah. And two, I... like, and, and look, he, he, he knows how to press. And I appreciate that about him. But he, he has no strength to defend the ball when he's got it. And his and a, and a, quality on the ball is... It's weird. He's quite skillful, but his actual technical quality on the ball... I say, I've said it with a few of our players. Just, you know, pure... Te- the ability to kick the ball hmm. is... It's not a Premier League standard at all. Where, where is it? I, I looked Look at, at some of his shots. Even the decent ones are weak and just... I mean, I, I got very annoyed. He... I don't know if you can go as far as calling it a chance, to be honest, but he fell to him about three yards from goal and he somehow didn't get a shot in. Mm. And like I don't think he'd have scored because he he was he was near the he was near the byline and he was about three yards from goal. Like so there's no angle. But get but get the shot in. Uh Ali, he's a poor man's Dan James. Now I think he is more skillful than Dan James. But Dan James's just pace is probably more effective at beating a man than Brendan Aronson's skill. I think Aronson's a better presser than James. James is a better finisher. James is probably better in the Say air. something. James <laughs> is definitely stronger and, and that ensures more commitment in tackles and stuff. Neither one of them is good enough, but... Uh, I, Potato, potato. <laughs> I, I, I don't think either one of them would have made a difference. But to be honest, if we'd have played Dan James all season, I don't think you'd have, there'd have been any discernible difference. I think we might have got a couple of extra goals. 
Yeah, and like James is a good presser as well. I think Aronson, I think James presses harder. Aronson knows what he's doing with pressing more. Yeah. It's probably fair. Um, but, you know, that, as I say, I, I don't think that's unfair what he said there. They're slightly different positions, but it's similar problems. Um, so. Oh, uh, also, there was a story going around that Aronson is one of the ones with a release clause. So he may, depending on the amount in it, he may well go. But if that if that amount is 20 million plus, I don't see us buying him. No, I, I don't. Someone in Germany, maybe, but it'll be less than that for the money. I actually, and the thing is, and I'm saying this and I mean it, I actually think the best thing for him as a footballer would be a year in championship. A summer with whatever physical fitness trainer Jack Harrison had. Mm. A summer with them and then a year in championship. I think because he'll have that little bit more time on the ball. And I honestly, I think that could be the making of him. Sorry, yeah. I shouldn't say the making of him. He's already a very successful man who's had a, who's had a, he's already made it, but it could really kick him on. And I think that'd probably do him more good than going somewhere else and being a squad player. Yeah, like you said, he just needs a, it just, he needs to put a stone and a half, two stone on, doesn't he? It, yeah, he, need, he needs, he just he just gets knocked about too much. It's a pound away gain and shout beefcake. Yeah, beefcake. <laughs> um, so, uh, just looking at this, there's, like, there's a few going around. Um, the main thing is that as much as we've had to go at Allardyce here and had to go at a lot of the players, it is... Victor Orta mainly, but Radrizani is responsible for Victor Orta. Yeah. Um, I still, to this day, think if they sack Jesse Marsh before the World Cup, we probably get out of this. You think we get a because decent manager in? You know all those coaches that didn't want to join in February? Some of them would have been willing to join before the World Cup because they'd have had a World Cup, they'd had four weeks to train the players that aren't at the World Cup and get their ideas across. And then they would have had a transfer window to bring in a couple of players that they think they need. It's so much more of an attractive job at that point. And we just don't do it. Um, and Radrizani coming out and saying, well, I wanted to sack, you know, there was a lot of talk that he wanted to sack him then, but Orta was the one sticking by him, sticking by him. Well, I don't care. Have the bollocks! To, have the bollocks to do it, or shut up. Stop saying, "Oh, it's because all of this." No, at the end of the day, that's his decision. And you're you're the boss. Yeah, like he's fucked it. Um, yeah, there's. I I probably more than most wanted it to work with Marsh after the World Cup, but the absolute curse of beating Liverpool, as it now probably turns out. Is uh, is strangely what's probably put us in the worst trouble because the the fact we went such a such a big gap in between um, beating Chelsea and then beating Liverpool without a win in between, and then after beating Bournemouth, um, 
we went on another long run. We didn't win any of the nine games straight after the World Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, we just, we just went on these awful runs of just not picking up points. We we went from, and I, I, I understand there is a World Cup in here, so it's there is some, you know, a bit more in there, but we won a game on the 5th of November. The next one we won in the league was the 25th of February. Yeah. And yeah, so there's four weeks of not playing in there, but that's still so long. Yeah. It, um, and it in the league, we've won three games in 2023. Yeah. You just you can't do shit like that. You just can't. Uh, I believe um, it was LUSC data put it out, but I think, have we won seven this year? Yes. This season? Which I believe is our lowest ever. Like, we just deserve every bit of it. Um, you know, the fans might not, but that's not what wins games, unfortunately. After, uh, sorry, also after after we beat Forest, which was our last win of the season, there was only one game where we scored more than one. Yeah. That was like. And that is our stronger suit of the two. Yeah. And, and that was in a two-all draw. Yeah. Um, I still think that the one the most telling stat in terms of, you know, we've said it all season, the lack of composure and just the lack of having, a lot of the times, just having some up between the ears as a squad. I think we've dropped 25 points from winning positions this season. Yeah. I, I, if I remember rightly, LUC data, I think, said since we got promoted... We've we've dropped forty four points from winning positions since like in the three years. Yeah, and I know it was at a different level. I know it's a completely different level of football. But in the championship, we had that run where every time we went one 0 up, we basically won for like a year and a half. You went one 0 up and you were good. Hmm. We drew like four of them and we won the rest. And now. Going one nil up just means, oh, I wonder how long this is going to be. Let me just if, like, if we just go back through like the the recent ones. I mean, we went one nil up at West Ham, you know, and we didn't hold on to that for very long. We went one nil up against Newcastle and then missed a penalty to make it two, and they then equalised almost immediately. Uh, we won probably my mo- looking back. The most annoying game for me this season. We went one nil up against a shite Leicester side and then sat back for seventy minutes, basically until they scored. Fulham, we were just shit. Liverpool, we were just shit. One nil up against Palace. I mean, at the point that we won nil up against Palace just before half time, we were like twelve. Throw that yeah. game away and fall to pieces. Um, but we just we just did it far far too much all the way through the season, just throwing things away and throwing things away and throwing things away. Even as much as they're much better than us, we were 2-0 up at scum. When you're 2-0 up, you shouldn't not win a game. Yeah. Unless it's like Man City and they're just that good. Sorry, I've just I've got the... Uh, uh, so do you want our record from the last two seasons? <sighs> yeah, I mean, what... What will we? What is this? Just as overall win, draw, loss, seventy-six uh, games. Yep. Seven. 
Have we won 16 games? Yep. Now, draws, I don't know. I'm going to take a shot at 20. Ooh, 21. (laughs) So, lost 39, scored 90, conceded 157. Uh, A win rate of 21%. 44 points dropped from winning positions. Um, 44 points dropped from winning positions in two seasons? Yeah. That is fucking shameful. No, you you can't you can't do that. I know that we always joke about how we shooting how we shoot ourselves in the foot, but there there it is. You can't do shit like that. No, um, and it, you know I talked about previously about Southampton and how they'd had those two you know those games where they got absolutely hammered. You do that fifteen percent better than we stay up. Mm. We we had six uh, six different games where we conceded five or more goals. Fourteen when we conceded uh, four or more, and twenty four goals. Uh, twenty four games where we conceded three or more. Yeah, just can't like, fucking defend. No, and it, what was done in those two years? What was done to remedy that? Because Furpo was brought in before all that happened. So the, the the remedies to that were Rasmus Christensen came in and Max Verber came in in January. Yeah. The Furpo one, it's not signing Furpo that annoys me. Because I've always said, I only judge them with what they are at the time. And at the time, in theory, Furpo for Alioski was an upgrade. In theory. It hasn't worked out that way. Hmm. But at the time, I understood it. The thing that annoys me is there have then been three more transfer windows since then where we knew, oh, Furpo isn't actually any good. And we haven't done anything about it in those three. No. That's that's the bit that annoys me more. Because I can understand you making a transfer and it not working out. It's then just the complete lack of trying to remedy it that makes it worse. Uh, we have a few questions in the chat. Um some have been repeated elsewhere, but uh, Richard Hutchinson has put it on a big thing. So I will go through them because we're already at the 50 minute mark and we'll see where we are. The first one is who is to blame for Leeds United's downfall? If you had to pick a man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Victor Orta just edging it out because. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I, I understand that Radrizani has to green light all these signings because it's his money, but ultimately he's the man put in charge of recruitment and his recruitment for two years has been absolutely dreadful. Um, there's one that I'll leave for a bit because it's like, who's going to leave, who, who might come in, stuff like that. We probably will have a look through the squad and think who might hang out. Um, but it does ask, will Leeds bounce back into the Premier League next season? I honestly, with the amount we we know about who's going to be in charge, I think it's impossible to answer that question at this point. No, when, when you're when you're, this is very much a nineteen ninety eight WWF. Will they answer the questions, or will the questions, or will the answers themselves become <laughs> questions? Like you know, we are looking at this going. I don't know who's going to owners. I don't know who's going to managers. I don't know who's going to be head of recruitment. I don't know who's going to be staying. 
right now, if you're asking me for a gut answer, I'd say no. <laughs> but that might just be because I'm in a negative headspace about it and stuff now. Uh, we'll see. But the next question is the one that, and it's not so much giving me a name, but he said, who's going to be the next manager? Now, the truth is, I don't know who it's going to be. But for the love of fuck, can we get someone who, know, who, who wants to coach Leeds United in possession and who knows what to do when we have the ball? Because we have had... Bielsa's gone and then for... Bielsa's gone and then for 15 months, they have not at all even looked at what happens when Leeds United have the ball. For, and that's why... That is why the passing's become so shit. Because it's just not been thought about. Yeah. So that needs to be remedied, number one. I mean, I, I genuinely look at, and I, I will take this as far back as Simon Grayson leaving. How many times have you looked at a Leeds United appointment? So we're now talking about under three different ownerships where you think we've gone and gone, we've got someone who is a good, who is a good fit right now. Mm. And honestly, in terms of, at the time, I thought Warnock was a good appointment because he knew how to get teams out of the championship. All right, it it didn't work out. Although as much as much as as much as I didn't like him, if you look at Warnock's record, him being shit at Leeds is the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, I thought Brian McDermott was a good appointment as someone else who'd taken a team out of the championship. Um, mm. and again, again. I think, I think he's was unfortunate with a lot of what was going on at the time, um, and then it's Bielsa. Like after that, there's there's lots of bad. I mean, if, if we only I, look I, know, at I, the, I suppose it's a bit harsh on Gary Monk. I know we don't. I know we don't like him, but yeah, but like I suppose even, even his but, record wasn't. Even though Monk did well, it's only really worth looking at the ones under this ownership. Hmm. And, and under got, this ownership. It starts with Christensen. Well, you look. I'm not even going to say the names. I'm going to describe the situations they came from. One of them had been busy winning the Cypriot League. The next was busy getting relegated with Barnsley. Yeah, had one like one in seventeen to get the job. Yeah, one of them was uh, revered as one of the greatest coaches of, of modern football. Yeah, before we even got here, it wasn't a secret. There's books written about him. There's chapters in Inverting the Pyramid and things like that. Uh, then it was a lad from a lad who had recently failed with uh, Red Bulls and had only been successful prior to that because he had been managing a team with, with Erling Haaland in it. Yeah, in a weak league. Uh, then it was a futsal coach. Yeah. That was, you know. Uh, the next one had been fine with Watford, but was currently was in Qatar prior to. Yeah, uh, he had been out in one of them, yeah. Uh, one of the Middle then, Eastern leagues, and then Big Sam, who, unless I've forgotten something, had been out of the game for nearly two years and had last been seen managing West Brom to relegation. Mm. Like it's it's it. It, it's so mind blowing that having had the discussion going, why don't we just go out and get the best person that we can? That they didn't continue that going forward of just thinking, no, who, and not 
not just who is someone up and coming that we can get in. Like, no, who is the best we can get now? Yeah. Who? Because I believe that the, the story was with getting Bielsa. That was the question that Rajasani asked Otto, wasn't it? Yeah. If you could have anyone, who would it be? And he said Marcelo Bielsa. So, and then they tried to get him. And surprisingly, he actually was up for it and it worked. But it doesn't seem like, although it does seem like Jesse Marsh was exactly who he wanted. Because he don't know his ass from his fucking elbow. Like... They just, they've just, they fucked it. It's that simple. Well, they, it, if if they thought Jesse Marsh was a good fit to take over from Marcelo Bielsa in terms of the style of football on the pitch, then they don't know a single thing about football. Yeah, like it I, is that simple. You know, I, th- I think at, at this point, in, in my head, I'd love them to throw money at. Rogers or Potter and and say, well, I I know you will, I know you can do better than this, but come here, start something here. Yeah, um, Ali has now, asked. Ali has asked, would you want any of our former coaches back now? At Marcelo, Biel- Biel- please. Biel- Bielsa in theory, but no, it wouldn't actually happen. <sighs> uh, no, no, like. I'd like Redfern to be involved in some way. Like, not necessarily even with the first team. I would just like him to be at Leeds. Oh, I'd love him to be head of youth development or yeah, something like that. Or, you know, in, in charge, in, you know, lead of the women's programme or something like that because he, he has that experience in both uh, of them. In in the list, Ali does have McAllister. And I'll say it again because I've said it every single time. Don't rule out him being assistant manager next year. Yeah. Don't rule uh, out Stephen Gerrard getting this job. Um, and again, that, no. that would be it'd be so annoying because that is hiring the name. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I think I, I think on the square ball, going back a fair few years at this point, Leeds very have very rarely done well hiring big names. Um, you know, but. Again, it's it all comes down to when this takeover gets if and when this takeover gets done, um, who's in control. But it, it's got to be someone who. It's got to be someone who. It doesn't necessarily have to be proven in the championship or anything like that, but just has to be have a, a good track record of yeah. doing well with teams and playing attacking football. Now, uh, I will say the the names in there. Uh, obviously, he, he stayed on too long at Leicester, but Brendan Rodgers is, is a name. Um, he wouldn't be my first choice, but I could see that being a decent idea. Uh, Andoni Areola is leaving, and all the stories are he's going to England. And there is stories in Spain saying that despite relegation, it might still be Leeds. Um, I mean, I'd be up for that. But the one, if I was picking, is... Is Graham Potter? There's um, so just looking at a few of the the options on here on odds checker. I was going to say, is there a next Leeds manager market out anywhere yet? Because there should be. By yeah, now. there's quite a few places. Um, just uh, just to pull a few of the names off here. Um, so obviously, Big Sam is probably the favourite, which would be. Uh, yeah, big. It will be now, but I'm I'm I'm. Placing this on the record right now, and you can laugh at me later. 
That will not happen. Yeah. One hundred percent. Big Sam will not be manager of Leeds next season. And uh, if he is, I will keep. If he is, I will still have my season ticket and I'll still go. But there might be some Tuesday night games where I just say, "Fuck it, I'm not going." <laughs> Even though I have a ticket. Uh, Lee Bowyer, second to favourite in a couple of markets. Uh, that wouldn't be a massive shock because he was linked with it last time. Um, although the one that really liked him, by all accounts, was Arter. Mm. Uh, Patrick Vieira. I don't oh. want Vieira. I, I, again, I don't think he coaches well in possession. Yeah. Um, but that does, there was a bit of like that. So apparently, one of the things that contributed to him getting sacked was that he was sort of sounding out the Leeds job while he was at Palace. Yeah. Um, Carl Robinson is on there. Yeah. No, that uh, one, I can't see that. There's a Stevie G. Uh, a couple of my. I'll tell you what I can say from looking at this list. This list is they have no idea. Yeah. The, the fact that. We've got Paolo Fonseca on there as well, which I quite like. Um, yeah, it's a bit all over the place, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've no idea, but that is my. I say, I think, I think that we can. I think that we can get Potter. Nathan Jones. No. Uh, <laughs> God, he must be pissed off. Left Luton. Um. <laughs> I, I mean, I love he, um, some of the names on there. Um, the, the reason why I think we can get Potter, Potter will get a Premier League job. But it'll probably be when someone gets sacked. Hmm. The first one to get sacked. Unless there is something hidden in the books that no one knows about, we are at least going down in a financially fairly sound position. Especially once we've sold five, six players that is going to happen. What's the one thing that worked? Going, well, we're just going to go out and get this really expensive manager who knows what he's doing. I don't care if he... Like, Bielsa was on what? Bielsa and his team was like six, seven million a year. I don't care if Potter and his team want fucking nine. If you can get him, get him. Because he yeah. will actually... He improves players. And we haven't had someone that improves players since Bielsa went. And that is, if you have a coach that improves players, that is worth so much more than anything else. If you can get a load of players who are worth 10 million and turn them into 25, you will I, have a better team. I mean, I'd love to see what, what Potter could do with, obviously we would need to make some signings, but what he could do with players like JB, Bate, uh, you know, Sonny Perkins, Mateo Joseph, players like that. As oh, well I'll as... tell you what. Uh, based on the sort of strikers he played at Brighton, um, well, one, it's Bamford, works hard, misses a lot of chances. Uh, hmm. But Joseph would suit him, in theory. Um, I think he plays free at the back, which I think is the long-term future for Strauch. Left centre-back in the free. Yeah. Um, Charlie Cresswell, strong, good in the air, but decent with the ball at his feet as well. Look, I, I'm not saying they're the same level, but that sounds quite Lewis Dunkey. Hmm. You know, like, I just think that we have 
players that can. I mean, Veltman is better than him, but Veltman and Ailing have some similarities. Like they, they, there's players that I think he could make work in that formation, and I just if he's available, I mean he is available. He will want the Premier League job, but I think you can talk him into this. And that's what I want. But no, it's going to happen until we have a director of football. And we're not getting one of them until they figure out who's going to own the fucking club. And the problem is, you know, in the like fucking five weeks, they'll spend arguing about all this shit. Yeah. Other teams will be making moves. Other teams will be getting sorted. Other teams will be figuring out who's going to be in charge and what players they can get. And you're going to hear, like, in two weeks, oh, they, God, they've signed him in the Championship. That's a late signing. And we weren't there because we were busy talking about other shit. I going to say, just go get someone good. Mm. I, I, I'm sick of I'm sick of projects and upcoming young managers. Just go... Go get the best person for the job. And I, I mean, they may well, I, my knowledge of the entire European manager market isn't good enough to say. There may well be better options for them out there. People really do rave about Iriola. And it's people whose opinions I trust. So if they get him, I'll be happy. I've only watched a few of their games though. So I don't really, I watched a couple when we were being properly linked to him and they looked pretty good. Like there's there's other than Potter when I look at this list. Potter, then probably Rogers, Iriola. Like Postacoglu's on the list, but he's apparently turning down Spurs, so he can it was. Uh Nutson, I've always liked that Bodo Glimp side, what I've seen of them. They're walking the league again. Uh, but I don't see him coming to the championship. And then pretty much everyone else on the list. Are just people that it, there's a load of them that just don't they're out of possession coaches rather than in possession coaches and don't want that. I want us to I'm sick of watching shit football and I want us to be able to pass the ball again. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. Just, like you say, we just we just need to get it sorted. We just need yeah. to get I, and it needs to be in the next week. Yeah, the, the, I want the, the need to the need to start making moves. When they did, when they released that statement that they didn't even dare put someone's fucking name on after the game, I was hoping that that statement was going to be like, "Look, yeah, we're sorry this has all gone wrong, but look, this we have agreed a deal with X, whether it's for 49ers or not. Hmm. That's what's happening next year. Or if he isn't selling." I'm not selling. I'm going to get us back. Whatever it is, I want it to be quick. But it's going to get dragged out for weeks and weeks and weeks, isn't it? Well, I mean, I, th- I think we all uh, we all enjoyed the the summer of uh, Bates and GFH. Yeah. Um, and look how well that season went. So I, so I pray to God it's not another one of those. Yeah. I'm also hoping that in the next couple of days... We finally find out what the fuck happened at half time against Palace because Summit did. It was quite interesting actually because I know Phil Hay was asked about that on the the last episode of the Phil Hay show and and kind of he said that to, that 
he's he's not heard anything about that. But so, there just must have been something. There must something, have been something has happened somewhere in that time that because as much as the football was uninspiring, we looked fine under Gratia until yeah, the, until that goal went in and oh it all fell apart because if you remember when we got Graffia as much as neither of us were inspired by the idea but once we'd been turned down by like six seven coaches and we we're down the list you, we got to the stage of oh no that sort of makes sense <clears throat> I'm all right with that and I was all right with that but it really was like he was okay not great in press conferences. One of the least inspiring men I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. But it was sort of okay until that half time. Well, I mean, it, we conceded a goal, a bad goal just before half time. But we've been doing that all season. That shouldn't have broken. No, he'd won. He'd won half his games. He was one off yeah. in in six games. He'd won three. He was admittedly one, he against was... bad teams, but still, don't matter. He was doing better against bad teams than Jesse Marsh did. Yeah. Um, by the by, the way, I don't know if you saw on, on Match of the Day that the, uh, the I head... didn't watch Match of the Day. I I'll be honest. What I did uh, was I was originally going to watch Match of the Day and stuff. I still can't believe Southampton and Liverpool drew four all. All of that's. But what I did was I went to the pub for two pints with my dad, and that swiftly became six. Yeah. That's um, <laughs> that's what happened. They, instead. they they showed a head to head table of the bottom six teams, I believe, and we had the worst record against the other bottom six. The head-to-head record of the bottom six, we were the worst? Yeah. Well, they... I didn't Southam- know that. Southampton I'm, not were, su- I'm not surprised at that, but I didn't know that. Like, Southampton were better than us yeah. against shit teams. Yeah, you just um, can't, you can't do that. And because, that was the difference last season. As much as we weren't good and even the games we won under Marsh were bad and stuff. Like we did beat Norwich twice. Yeah. You know, like um stuff like and we just haven't we haven't done that enough this season. We did beat Wolves twice, which was weird, but they ended up out of that, didn't they? Yeah, they think they finished comfortably 13th. But yeah, like we got four points out of Southampton. Southampton are really bad. But that should have been six. And it was directly Jesse Marsh's fault that we didn't. Hmm. That was the refusal to make subs on the hottest day for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, who else? Leicester. Did we get one point off Leicester? Lost away yeah, and drew yeah. one all. Yeah. Lost away, drew one all at home. Again, a managerial fault this time. Graffia, 1-0 up against a shit team. Sat back for 70 minutes and let him back in the game. And let's be honest, Leicester could have won that. Hmm. Um, Everton, we only got one point against. Everton, one point at home. If I remember rightly, we probably deserve more. But we were 1-0 down. And Sinistero equalised. And in the away game, that was a fucking shameful performance. And again, another one directly on a mistake. Melier standing six yards off his line for no reason. Yeah. Um, who, who, else is, who else has ended up in the bottom six when I think of those games? West Ham. Who we obviously uh, lost to last week. Lost and... um, did we draw two all at home? Uh yes, we drew two all at home when they were gone five without a win. And then and we went, twice. We went and we went one nil up in that another one dropped from losing position, one nil up from Nanto. They Skamaka scored a goal where I think it was Mark Rocker. 
I think, did a layoff straight to Skamaka, who just scored immediately. Yeah, it was one of the midfielders. Um, every single I know that more more goals come from mistakes than don't come from mistakes. But when you think through our goal, the goals we've conceded this season, there's so few where you go, that was a good goal, that. There's almost none of them. It's just like all of them are directly a Leeds player fucking up. And a man, and a man free at the back post. And often a man free at the back post, yeah. But, ah, well. Uh, as much as we're pissed off now, and we'll continue to be pissed off when, 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 like you start when, when we have some news and we're getting to like four weeks before next season, I'll start getting excited again. About how, how did you feel? This Depending morning? on who the manager is, like if it, for example, if it's Sam Allardyce, I won't. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I had the awful thing this morning. If I woke up and was just kind of flicking through my phone for twenty minutes, and then I just went. Oh shit, we got relegated yesterday. Look, like, I'd sort of forgotten it. And then I t- well, I'll tell you what it is. A TIFO video popped up on YouTube and I just went, oh, oh, oh yeah, that happened. Yeah, I have uh, luckily had my daughter to distract me most of today, but um, it does still just keep coming into my head. Oh yeah, that's it, you're down. I- I'm sorry. Again, the lack of fight. 31 points is fucking pathetic. Yeah. That's so few points. They say you need, you know, what is it, 40 points to stay up. Bournemouth got 39 and they were 15th. Yeah. You didn't even need to be good to stay up this season. You barely needed to be competent. <laughs> you just had to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, last season we got 38 and, and that kept us up by three points because our goal difference would have seen us down. Yeah. Um. But again, like again, something else that they spoke about is that Everton and Leicester both had to win their games, and, and they, they did. did. That, that's I saw it. I, by the way, I saw it coming a mile off. I had a treble of Everton, Leicester, and Spurs because <laughs> yeah, I knew what was going to fucking happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, um, I'm just looking through the. the Ali table just saying the them. goals the goals conceded numbers are horrific, and they are like seventy eight goals conceded. I will say two seasons ago, our first season in the Premier League would have stayed up, uh, would have stayed up fairly comfortably because uh, Fulham went down on twenty eight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we we got what was it two points from our last nine games? Uh, the that, last nine we drew with Newcastle and Leicester. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, lost like, every other game. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. It's, it's pathetic. And but the thing is, they'll know. I am just hoping, like, because I have no idea when our next pod's going to be. It depends when news happens. There might be one in a week if we know something about the ownership or we have an idea who the coach is going to be or something like that. If they don't sort up for three weeks, we will. We probably won't have a pod for three weeks. Because mm. there's no point. To, we'll we'll just be saying. How shit we were again, Offensive which has been half, more. which admittedly has been half the season. But yeah, I've no idea. I'm just hoping for some news soon, something to, something to give me anything to look forward to would be really nice. 
Um, at least we now we now know who the twenty fourth team will be because Chef Wednesday just cost loads of people loads of money. Because uh, there's been loads of people on Twitter. It was like a running thing. Uh, the treble of all three playoff finals to be decided on penalties. And then the first two were when Chef Wednesday just won it in the hundred and twenty third minute against yeah, Barnsley. Josh Windass. Yeah. So. Um, I guess our record at Hillsbury is better than our record at Oakwell, so that's probably okay. Um, but yeah, that will do us for episode 219. We will be trying, just, like, yeah, we'll be sat here upset behind the scenes for a while and we'll see what happens. But there is one good thing we'll be back on the Not the Top 20 podcast, which is an excellent podcast. <laughs> so um yeah we will see you all when there's something relevant to talk about i will in the meantime look into seeing what else is out there because Streamyard are getting very expensive so i've been jack see you i've been casey have a good one in a bit <laughs>